And I could very clearly feel like someone had sat down on the bed next to me. My one sister, Teresa, come literally floating down the stairs. She never touched those stairs coming down. One night we went downstairs, we heard a bang like something had fallen. Several doors in the kitchen cabinets were open, like wide open. But there's very distinct audio on one of the uh, videos that says, open the door. Very nasty, demonic sounding voice. So that is my ghost story. Hi, and welcome to Haunted AF. This is the podcast of real ghost stories told by real people. We are your hosts. I'm Julie Fisk. And I'm Rebecca Black. So coming up in just a little bit, we are going to talk to Ben from the Dark Histories podcast. I think we both might be crushing on this guy just a little totally. bit. Totally. Uh, yeah. 100%. That accent. Yeah. If you don't listen to the Dark Histories podcast, you need to start, but just get ready. This guy's voice yeah. is like dreamy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you want to melt. Also coming up in a little bit, we're going to talk about a ghost story that we really haven't discussed discussed before, but it's that time that a scary movie followed you home. And it's getting to the point where we've gotten so many of these stories that we need to go ahead and address them. So that's coming up in just a little bit. And of course, we got to send out our love to our newest patron, Rosalba Argueta. And I hope to God that I said her beautiful name correctly. Did you just whistle? I did. I am thoroughly impressed by your whistling right now. All the dogs in the neighborhood are running. Remember that Patreon is just another easy way to find Haunted AF content and support the podcast, of course. It's just five bucks a month. You're going to get exclusive content, early content, as well as we've got a library of ghost stories up there right now. Yeah, and don't forget about our online store. It's at hauntedaf.com. You can find t-shirts, hats, mugs, and stickers. We're also making some new protection charm jewelry, the stuff that we were making with Fintaglio. We've got Mm -hmm. bracelets this time, and they're very cute and actually a little cheaper than the stuff we nice. made in the past. So <laughs> that is, uh, again, at hauntedaf.com. So let's jump into the stories. This one comes from Skyler. Hi, Julie and Rebecca. My name's Skyler. I'm a postal worker in South Jersey. Uh, I just wanted to start off by saying how much I absolutely love and appreciate your show. You know, I'm out here riding around in my truck or walking all day long, and it really helps the time pass by. I actually finished and got caught up, so now I'm starting the seasons all over again because I enjoy it just that much. But I figured, you know, let me go ahead and share my contributions. So me and my friends grew up in, you know, rural North Carolina, you know, 13, 14, 15. We had run of the neighborhood. I mean, we'd be out till 1 or 2 in the mornings in the summertime. Well, this one time we were outside, and all of a sudden a thick mist fog rolled in couldn't see more than 10 feet in front of you and we just hear ice cream truck music start playing it's like 2 a.m you know we look at each other and we all just bolted we ran right inside locked all the doors locked all the windows we talked about it like a little bit the next day we're like did you guys heard that right that was that was real (laughs) And then we like we just agreed not to talk about it again. Uh, that was not an ice cream truck. You know that that was some weird ass clown car. Yes, murdery clown coming yeah. to get you. Some tiny <clears throat> Fiat packed with like eighteen creepy clowns in there. And I'm so glad that, to know that I'm not the only one who's terrified of the ice cream truck sound. When I hear it coming down the street, I'm like, I'm out because I always think that something bad is lurking in the freezer. It's like clowns in general. When was that ever not scary? No, I know they're terrifying. 
being. So this story comes from Stephanie and she sent a handful of really good stories that we're going to be sharing over the next couple of weeks. But her first one, she says, I'm currently the director of nursing for a hospice in Mississippi. Been doing this for 10 years. During training, you have to go out to houses and pronounce patients that have passed away. So this was my very first one. It was a sad situation. No words of comfort Mm -hmm. can ease the pain of the family that's feeling it. But of course we try. When the paperwork had been completed, we asked them to step in the other room so we could clean and prepare her body. This little lady had cancer and she was wasted away to nothing but skin and bones. So we took time cleaning her as gently as we could and redressed her in her nightgown. After we finished, the family came back in and we waited for the funeral home to arrive. When they did, we assisted loading her into the van and then we all said our goodbyes to the family. I drove off down a dark road around 3 a.m. and during the drive, I kept thinking about her face and how thin she had become. Then I started feeling like I wasn't alone. So I looked in my rear view mirror and there she was. Her her face was still sunken in, but she was with me. It startled me so badly that I swerved off the road and I had to quickly jump back on. When I righted the car, I looked back and she was gone. Don't know why she decided to hitch a ride with me that night, but she certainly did. So that one comes from Stephanie. Can you imagine? No, that's terrifying. And seeing her in the rearview mirror. (laughs) Okay, so this story comes from Carlos. Hey, Rebecca. Hey, Julie. Boy, I really enjoy your show. So this is a real treat for me to be here. And I have a couple of stories for you today. Uh, The first one is about my son. He is 14 now, and he is on the autism spectrum. And so he co-slept with us until he was about nine years old. And one night when we were all in bed together after our little good night talk, he lay down and then a little bit later he was sitting up. I just happened to look over and noticed that he was sitting up in bed and he was looking out into the den area, which is right outside our master bedroom, and he was laughing. I mean, not cracking up, but he was definitely laughing and there was nobody out there in that den area. The cat wasn't there and we didn't have dogs at the time, so what was he laughing at? And I went out into the den to just check it out. Nothing there. So I asked him, Joe, what do you see? And he said, I see grandma. Now that's my wife Maria's mother he's talking about, and they never actually met. His grandmother died six years before Joe was even born, so they never knew each other. But that's who he said was there, and we were just blown away by that. I always wondered, you know, how is it children often get visited by spirits more readily than adults? And I think it's because they're just more pure of spirit and have no doubts in their minds yet about that sort of thing. So, And that was an amazing occurrence. He wasn't frightened in the least. He just sat up and waved at Grandma and laughed at her, and that was just a really wondrous thing to happen. Now, story number two. So one day, several years ago, I was home alone, and I often use that time to try to make myself a little less rusty on my acoustic guitar, and I will break it out, and I will often put on music that I know how to play along with. In this case, it was the Beatles, and it was their fourth album, which has a song on it that uh, pretty much became Grandma's song. Uh, It's called I'll Follow the Sun. That song just somehow wound up belonging to her because every time I hear it, I think of her. Anyway, on this day, as on pretty much any day I'm doing this, I'm standing with the guitar strapped on and the music's coming out of the speakers. And when this song came on, I felt air on the back of my neck as though I was standing under the vent. And the weird part is I wasn't anywhere near it. And to happen while that song was playing, I thought, whoa. She's here in this room right now. Anyway, those are my stories, and uh, thanks for letting me share them. I hope that that's the kind of ghost that I am. I hope I'm the sweet grandma ghost uh-huh. who makes the kids laugh, and I'm blowing on everybody's neck and like warning people when they've left food on the stove. I hope I'm that one as opposed to the ghost who's like stealing all your jewelry and knocking on the walls <laughs> at 3 o'clock in the morning, right? 
I, yes, I would much rather have the nice ghost. I also like that we're about to go in from a sweet grandparent story to a kind of a scary one. Yeah, we had this ghost story last week and Rachel's grandpa, they believed, had committed suicide, but it was this mm-hmm. weird situation where he had gone camping with a friend and they yep. just weren't sure about it. And then Rachel started seeing him. She had two different instances where she saw her grandfather's ghost, but you got an update from her, didn't you? Yeah, Rachel says that in the heat of the moment, it was hard for her to think that her grandpa was trying to tell her something or anything because it she was so scared and shocked at his appearance. So she says, Rachel says, I think my mom actually was sort of envious that he appeared to me because it was so heartbreaking for her to lose her dad and that she just wanted to see him again, which is Mm. totally understandable. But then Rachel also says, now that Rebecca had mentioned it, maybe there was foul play involved and he wanted me to see that. I don't think we will ever have closure in this situation. Thank you for having me on. And if you travel to Michigan, you should check out the Haunted Insane Asylum that's not far from where we live called Eloise. Thank you, Rachel. Ooh, I know. We need to look into that. And I I can totally understand why her mom would be jealous. I thought about that. Yeah, because she said her mom was into tarot cards and stuff, too. I bet she was like, why didn't you just come to me? But we got a lot of comments about her story. Uh, Mm -hmm. One person posted on Facebook, that's totally murder. That was like all the murder. I don't think he would come back in such a terrifying way if he wasn't trying to send some sort of a message. Well, one thing I was thinking, the message that was given to Rachel was he was so tired of taking care of your grandma that he did this to put himself out of his misery. If you had been caring for someone graciously, Mm -hmm. like, and it wasn't Mm -hmm. torment for you, and then you ended up dead and found out they were telling everybody, oh yeah, he just didn't want to care for his wife anymore. Mm -hmm. I'd be haunting the hell out of everybody. I'd be like, Well, yeah, I'm going to be pissed. Yeah. You're ruining my name. That isn't how it happened. That's my take on it. So, oh, Rebecca, you know what time it is? I do know what time it is. Dead pad of the week. Love it. I know they're coming in boatloads now. We're getting so many stories. Okay, you want to start? Good. Obviously, people miss the dead pet of the week. Yeah. Yeah, so we've actually got one from Elizabeth, and she said, my husband had a sweet black lab when we met in 2009. Name's Marley, and prior to the book and the movie. Good, good. (laughs) So this is the original Marley. Uh, She says, sadly, she passed away from aggressive cancer back in 2017 at the age of eight. By that time, our son was about six months old, so he would not have remembered her at all. Fast forward a year, and we got another black lab and named her Onyx. One night, my son, who was just over a year then, woke up crying. I went into his room to calm him down, and while I was standing at his crib, I swore I saw a large black shadow out of the corner of my eye. Right then, my son sat up in his crib and said, Oh, hi, Ani. So he couldn't say Onyx, so he was calling her Ani at the time. And Elizabeth immediately got chills. She says, I said to him, no, sweetie, Ani's downstairs with Dada. He laid back down and that was it. I 100% think that Marley was checking in on the little family member she didn't get to know very well. She says, that was the one and only time I saw anything, but I know that she's always around keeping her eye out on the smallest family member. Isn't that precious? She's also said, I just found your podcast um, through Ghost in the Burbs. So thank you very much, Ghost in the Burbs. I love a spooky podcast and I've been binge listening. She's in Cape Town, South Africa, and they're on strict lockdown right now. She says, she's so bad, I'm turning to spooky podcasts to soothe my frazzled nerves. You know, Elizabeth, <laughs> you are not alone. We're getting emails from all over the world from people who are saying the exact same thing, stuck in lockdown. Uh, I think it's funny that Haunted AF is not as scary as the real world right now. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> so, Oh, that's crazy. This one comes from Karen. She says, I have a small story 
when my boyfriend and I first started dating, we were lying in bed one night when I heard a loud clang in the kitchen. I ran to see what was going on and one of my big knives was lying in the middle of the kitchen floor. Now this knife was in the drying rack and there's no way it could have just ended up in the middle of the floor by itself. Now I have a loopy theory as to what might have happened. My cat absolutely despised my boyfriend. No freaking way. (laughs) She says it especially pissed him off when my boyfriend slept over as the cat would sleep on the pillow next to my head and now my boyfriend's head was on that spot. He often attacked him, would drag his t-shirts into the litter box. (laughs) Once he stole the finger splint that he was wearing and hid it under the rug. (laughs) He would look my boyfriend dead in the eye and knock over the glass he was drinking out of. So my theory is that my asshole cat's negative energy made that knife fly out of the drying rack. Nothing else weird has ever happened. And my boyfriend and I have now been together two years. He and the cat get along swimmingly, but I still think of that knife incident often because it's so weird. She says, any hoozle. I'm so glad I found your podcast. I love it. Much love from Karen and Sir Henry the cat. And I got to tell you, this cat is beautiful. I'm going to post pictures of Sir Henry. You know that cat would f- with your boyfriend. My She's gosh. dying to pick a fight. He's adorable. Thank you so much for that story. I had a friend who had a cat who turned on all the burners to the oven <gasps> one day while she was taking a nap. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I'm going to kill you. You know, when Dave and I first started dating, his cat Wilson would attack me. And yeah. If Dave was out of town and I'd go to his house to like feed the cat and check on him, the cat would literally attack me from the moment that I walked in the door <laughs> until I left. Speaking of cats, this kind of goes along with a story that we just got this week. So back in 2004 or 2005, whenever the movie The Grudge came out, we were staying out in California and we were living in a studio hotel room. Well, we went to the movie theater that night and watched The Grudge. And there is a part in the movie where this little boy or little girl is looking in the attic and it's playing all that creepy, ominous music and you know something's just about to happen. And all of a sudden this cat makes this horrible meow noise and jumps out of the attic at her. The rest of the movie is horrifying. Well, we go home that night, we get in bed and we're laying there and we're staying on the third floor of the hotel. Well, my husband and I are both laying there and of course we see shadows all over the ceiling and we're imagining that they're ghosts and things coming to get us because we've just watched this horror movie. Mm -hmm. And about 2 a.m. we hear this cat outside our window on the third floor, mind you, meowing. And we both just looked at each other and said, you have got to be kidding me. There is no way there is a cat up on the third floor of this hotel outside our window. There's no ledge outside the window. And there's no way a cat would be able to scale the building up to the third floor, sit outside our window, and just start meowing. And so we both freaked out, jumped up, turned on the lights, looked out the window. Of course, there was nothing there, and that was it. We didn't hear any more of it, but it just was the funniest and freakiest thing after having gone and seen that movie to then have a cat meowing outside our third-story hotel window. So this opens up a whole new line of questioning. Like, have you Mm -hmm. ever had that moment when you felt like a scary movie followed you home? And we've had a few of these. You remember the people who had watched The Conjuring? And they go to bed and the big dresser in their bedroom completely falls over. And Mm -hmm. we also got the story from Araya. She says, I've always been into the paranormal, love scary movies. So when The Ring came out, I saw it a bunch. It terrified me. Then when it came out on DVD, my boyfriend at the time brought it over to my house for us to watch. 
My mom's not a fan of scary movies, though, especially if they have kids in them. We watched it anyway and thought nothing of it, but over the next few days, we kept finding random small puddles of water on the floor in our house, including including one that was only a few feet in front of the TV. My mom banned the movie from the house. I did ask her about it recently, and we still have no idea how the puddles of water got into the house and why. So give them our email address real quick. Uh, Hauntedafpodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's hauntedafpodcast at gmail.com. Sorry, really quick. Do you remember when we went and saw that terrible, scary movie called It Follows? Yes, it wasn't terrible. I love that movie. I mean, it's fun, but it's like, okay, and I know this was just my imagination, but there was like a solid month after that stupid movie came out that I thought every creepy old person was the It Follows thing coming to get me. I've never told anybody that because I, I, you know me, I love horror movies. I'm not scared of anything. And for a freaking month, that dumb movie was like haunting me. <laughs> but those scenes were fantastic. The one It Follows person was just yeah. creepy enough. I you, know. You, they almost blended into the scenery, yes. but they were just weird enough to kind of get your attention. And I've had the same thing even now, every now and then. I don't want to just tag it on old people, but yeah. Right? I know. I feel bad for saying. That. Yeah, but you'll see that thing and you're like, is that it follows? Is, is it follows is it, following me? <laughs> it found me. It found me. Oh, crap. It's caught up. It's caught up. Yes. <laughs> Who did I have sex with that gave me it follows? <laughs> okay, if, you, if you haven't, you have to go rent it follows. It's, yeah. Yeah. It might not be the greatest movie, but it's it's good. It's definitely worth it's seeing. Fun. Okay. So we got this story. This comes from Elaine. Hi, Julie and Rebecca. My name is Lorraine. My sister oh, visited Lorraine, back sorry. in February and turned me on to your podcast and has been contacting me regularly ever since because she felt I truly need to send you my ghost story. This occurred, I think it was 1988 in January. I had gone to a small college in the middle of Michigan and was living in Chicago. A very good friend of mine visited me while I was in school, so she met people I knew there. And friends invited us both to come up to the center of Michigan to see a couple's new apartment. The joke had been that it would be a big slumber party, bring a stuffed toy. So it was after 10 o'clock, and we should not have been leaving for this drive at that point in time, but we were in our early 20s and not too bright. So we put pillows and sleeping bags and these stuffed animals in the back seat. Now, she had been given a large snow white teddy bear, about 18 inches tall, and I had been given its companion by someone completely unrelated to her gifter, but I'd been given the big rabbit that was kind of its sibling. So we buckled the bear and the rabbit into the seats behind us, sitting up on top of the sleeping bags. And we set out. Now, the other thing that was supposed to happen was it was supposed to snow. And it really started almost as soon as we left. So we weren't making the best possible time. We've been in the car a while. We're getting tired. Conversation has slowed to a lull. And I'm really focusing on the road in the dark, in the snow, in the middle of nowhere in Michigan. And I notice in the rearview mirror, a head. And one side of my brain says, oh no, that's just the rabbit. And then the other side says, no, the rabbit's behind you. This head is in the middle of the bench seat. But I chalk it up to being tired until my friend says, Lore? And my heart sank. She said, do you see someone in the back seat? And I asked her, a guy in his 20s wearing a light jacket, totally inappropriate to the weather, sitting in the middle of the bench, leaning forward as if he's trying to listen to a conversation up here. Blonde hair? She said, "Uh uh-huh. No, don't see him at all. (laughs) We sped up. (laughs) 
and got yeah. to Weberville, Michigan pretty darn quickly after that. Hopped out of the car and sent one of our friends out to unload it. People have asked me since, you kept going? How much longer were you in the car? About another hour? So that is the hitchhiking ghost on the way to Michigan. Hope this helps with your shortage of ghost stories. Bye-bye. And apologies to anybody who is listening to us while they're on a road trip, because that's two stories now that we've had where there's something in the backseat. So. I am legit terrified. That sounds awful. And I like that her her idea was to just speed up. I know. When I asked her about that, and she was like, well, we were in the middle of nowhere. There was no place to go. All we could oh, do is keep driving. Goodness. Yeah, terrifying. Uh, it made me think of this story we just got from Natalie. She says, this happened two years ago. I was driving home, and I had to pull off the freeway for gas about an hour south of San Francisco. It was raining and just starting to get dark and I was driving down this windy road towards the woods. It was super eerie and then all of a sudden ahead of me I could see a man standing right in the middle of the road between the two lanes. It startled me because I thought he's going to get hit by a passing car but then my windshield wiper swept across my window and he was gone. To this day, I can't pass that exit without getting super creeped out. Anyway, thank you so much for the podcast. I love it so much. Please don't let her stop. I'm telling everyone I know about it, and I hope you continue telling <laughs> all of the scary stories. Oh, that's so sweet of her. So we got to have a little Zoom chat with Ben from the Dark Histories podcast. Sorry I'm a bit late. I had technical issues. Before we go any further, this is Ben from the Dark Histories podcast. Rebecca and I both have been binging it, and it's real historical stories <laughs> with kind of like a creepy edge to it, just a little dark and twisted but the way Ben delivers it clearly with his voice it's like you're getting a creepy story with a back rub at the same time but every time I listen you start by thanking your patrons and it's always like 30 to 40 freaking people and we're new on Patreon so like when we hear that and you're like thank you to Lydia and Adele 90% women for obvious reasons how did you pull together all those patrons? Like, you're killing it on Patreon. It wasn't always the case. It's a very recent, like, I would say over the last, like, six months to a year, it kicked mm -hmm. off. But it, I had it for, like, two years of almost nothing. I mean, it's like a constant churn, so it, it sounds really good. But 30 people will join, but 10 people will leave. Oh. <laughs> it's kind of like two steps forward, one step back, right, every week. So it sounds way better than, than it actually is. And especially for me, that like, I'm so like so oh sorry I should can I swear are we doing it's, swear yeah, yeah, you beep yeah. it out don't you so it's, yes I do you know I'm so bad at like any social media like it gives me like, anxiety I can't do it it just I'm really bad but I, I'm surprised because your podcast is like proper pro <laughs> yes it is that's all Julie she does like all of it she's amazing that's what I feel like my podcast always lacks is like that kind of interactivity and the kind of personalized touch that you guys have got and you guys are like the overload of that and I'm like the overload of the opposite end of the spectrum where I just don't have any personality. <laughs> like I'm just like a talking head that just waffles on for an hour. No, uh, that's not true. No, I mean, anybody else could tell these stories and they wouldn't have the same impact that when you tell them. Because I know right now I'm listening to the Cardiff Humbug. That oh, is the one about okay. the giant. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, that was a funny episode. <laughs> that was a great episode. And then Rebecca and I both were listening to the Raft of Medusa this past weekend. Oh. Um, Life. You spawned an entire conversation of me and my husband talking about cannibalism. And I mean, we went into detail. Oh, like, we went to, like, how do you think we taste? If people aren't familiar with this story, go and listen, first of all. Go and listen to the story on the Dark Histories podcast. But it's a shipwreck in the 1700s, right? And yes, so you have yeah. all these French sailors. And here's a question I wasn't 
sure about were they killing each other and eating each that's other or killing or eating yes. people who are already dead uh, yeah that's the ugly part isn't it it starts off where the the early ones are, are sort of dropping off anyway but as time goes on they start essentially sizing it up in their head who's <laughs> going to be the first to go because they're the sickliest um you know they're sort of trying to cut back on their use of rations as well aren't they so it's almost like a double win for them because they can kill them and it saves them rations and they can eat them i love the fact that they were having discussions about who actually tasted better Rebecca, <laughs> yeah. what did you say about the pee so yeah is it weird that i was more offended by the fact that they were drinking their own urine as opposed to they were eating people <laughs> i mean it is it's a tough call isn't it like what you'd rather do i'm gonna eat people all day i didn't think the urine was too bad because i mean survival you do what you gotta do right and then you read that line where it says about how they were keeping it cool by putting it in the water and you think <laughs> well, that was warm as well no that's bad that's definitely <laughs> bad i was telling my kids this story and um they were like do you think you could eat somebody in that situation and i'm like i don't think you have a choice i think like your body is making you eat that person <laughs> yeah but i feel like i'll let you die first i won't actually kill you no that's so much better isn't it would you want to eat the people you liked or the people you didn't like because you know the people that you liked would probably taste better of course they would but i think you got to go with the people you don't like first get them out of the way like, again it's win-win isn't it if you do that yeah so uh ben how did you get into this twisted history stuff what turned you on to this i i really don't know i i've always been into the that kind of fringe of society the whole sort of dark history is just sort of spawned out of a mistake more than anything i, I was just sort of sitting at home one day and i just thought i reckon i could have a go at writing a podcast and i just finished a sort of year-long obsession of jack the ripper so i oh. i picked that as like episode one as a place to start and now it sort of blew up and turned into a thing that i do strange because sometimes i wonder how much i actually seriously like into every subject but then I start reading about it and digging through, which is the bit that I really like, like the research. And um, and I realize I'm into all of it. <laughs> which one has been your favorite to research so far? Oh, man. I do like the kind of witchcrafty episodes and things like that. And the paranormal. I, I like the early paranormal ones. So there was one about a haunting in America, but it was all a kind of fraud. And it, it was really early. I think it was the 1600s. Those are the ones that I really like because they're quite hard to research. And they're also just totally weird. And you know that I'm quite a skeptical but I, I kind of really am into it so I like those episodes because it's really fascinating to find the reasons why they invented the stories if they did and quite often the stories are so obviously invented as well and you wonder how anyone fell for it at the time but they're probably my favorite episodes the old paranormal ones so do you have a ghost story for us I do and do you know, I just mentioned being like a skeptic and that's why it freaks me out honestly I struggle with this story like it just gets me because I don't have an answer for it and I've got, you know, I'm a smart ass. I've got an answer for everything. And it's, I haven't got an answer for this. Tell it. Okay. This goes back quite a while. It goes back to about 2000. It was like a bit before, like, you know, nowadays there's like that ghost hunting boom on TV, wasn't there? Yeah. It was right at the early days of that. And um, I was sort of with my friends and I was like, let's go to Pluckley Village, which is supposedly like this most haunted village in England. I wouldn't want to do this now because now I think they probably get a lot of people going. It's probably the, the locals are probably scarier than the ghosts now you know but back then it was not so bad to do that and um we were sort of like college age and we just jumped in the cars and just drove because that's what you do right you just go yeah why not let's go camp in the woods there so we went to Pluckley this most haunted village and um as we were driving in to the village I thought I'd be smart and 
put on this like really terrifying music in the car. So I, I yeah. put on this really slow instrumental. It was terrified us all. And after about 10 minutes, the driver was like, can you change that? And I was like, yep, yep, I'm going to change that. <laughs> so, so the road that we're on is like an old country road in like the back end of nowhere in England. And you've got like little roads with like hedgerows either side of the road. And, and they're quite tall, like sort of 12 to 15 feet hedgerows. And it was dark because we'd got there about eight or nine at night. And there was a fog like rolling in from the sea. So it was all there, basically. Like it was terrifying. And then I'm in the front seat, the front passenger seat. And the driver said to me, can you change the music? And I said, yeah, sure. And all the CDs were in like the footwell of the car. So I bent down to get a different CD. And as I did that, from my periphery, I see like a solid shape moving to the middle of the road. And I see what I quite quite positive was a horse and cart like a shape of a horse and cart and at the same time the driver slams his feet on the brakes yes. and so i turn to him and we just stare at each other and then a the guy in the back who was a little bit of a smoker just sort of <laughs> kind of broke the air by going what like what's happened and that just kind of made us laugh and then we've never spoke about it since. It gets to me now because I can't explain it. Like I've always been like, see it to believe it. But then I did. And now I get all those stories now when people say, I know what I saw. And then scarily, I, like later I got home and I actually read about the ghosts in Pluckley, which I'd done beforehand. And I knew there was some. And one of the stories actually is a, a horse and cart rattles around, apparently. I swear on my life, I did not know that beforehand. So it's a weird story. I don't know how scary it is, but for me, it stuck with me for a really long time. Well, 20 odd years. Have you ever thought about doing a Dark Histories podcast about that, about that little village? I would love to. And, and I think there's probably loads of history there. I haven't yet, but I, I probably would because the stories are fascinating. And they're, I think they've got about 15 ghosts and all of the stories are like classic ghost stories as well. You yeah. know, you've got screaming women in the woods and you've got like headmasters who have hung themselves off trees and white ladies and red ladies and they're all there it's got a lot so if people are listening right now and they haven't heard the dark histories podcast yet do you have any particular episodes you would tell them to start with oh um wow uh, anything in the third and fourth series i feel like i hit my stride to be honest i sometimes feel that if i give someone just one episode it might because some of them are a bit sort of heavier than others i feel the same way with us it's like the first and second seasons were good but the third season is like we kind of got chugged and that's when everything started yeah. and we just keep getting so many good stories yeah yeah i don't know how you get so many stories it's amazing we have to bang so <laughs> before we go any further i want to send out props to your producer is it hallie oh, hallie hallie's amazing hallie. she's absolutely she's, incredible she's how we got in touch with you and she was so cute because i reached out i'm like i love your podcast we would love to have ben on and she responded with oh, i love your podcast too and you know as well as anybody it's like when somebody comes back and they actually already know your show <laughs> you're like oh I love you forever she's a really into her podcast I, I really tend to use her as a bit of a barometer because her taste is like pretty out there so uh, yeah no she's she's incredible and she really helps me out well Ben keep in touch if there's ever anything you need if you ever have another scary ghost story yeah, if you go back to that place let us know I'd love to go back actually I'm just a bit you know I've seen Easy Rider I'm scared of it what do I think of outsiders these days because I bet they get bombarded with people and I, the people scare me more than the ghosts now I'm gonna like Google this place yeah, definitely. It's a Pluckley and Kent. I think it's P L U C K L E Y. Thank you, Ben. Congratulations on an awesome podcast because it really is 
wonderful. Oh, you're very kind. And thank you very much for having me. It's, it's you know, it's great. I, so I listen to you guys as well. I think it's great thank fun. You. So, um, oh, thank you. Yeah, no, I love ghost stories in bed. Thank you, Ben. So nice Cheers. Bye. Thank you. Nice to meet you too. Bye. Thank you so much to Ben for our Zoom chat. How precious is he? Oh my gosh, he's the cutest. We both have raging lady <laughs> for that guy. <laughs> Hey, you said it, not me. I did. I'm going to have to bleep that. But we're going to share pictures. We'll share the video. That'll be on the Haunted AF YouTube page or just go to hauntedaf.com. That's right. We got all kinds of great stories there. All the cute new merch. And remember, you can talk to us directly there as well. So if you want to send us a message, go ahead, hit us up. One of us will answer. And we need to get some more patrons. After talking to Ben and hearing about all these patrons that he's getting, go to Patreon, please. Find Haunted AF. It's only $5 a month. You're going to find exclusive content, early content, and a whole library of all of our favorite stories. That's at patreon.com. And please subscribe to hauntedaf.com and to our YouTube page. Check out all the Haunted AF online store. We got all the good stuff right there for you, hauntedaf.com. And keep sending those stories to hauntedafpodcast at gmail.com so we can share them all on the next Haunted AF. All right, guys, don't forget to subscribe to iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever your platform is that you love listening to. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Reddit, or you can chat with us directly on our brand new website, hauntedaf.com. Gotta say thanks to Andrew Mamalaga for our theme song and to On Air Media for titles and technical support. And of course, we gotta thank you, the listeners. Thanks for listening. By the way, Julie, if I die first, I'm coming back to haunt you. Aw, come back to haunt you too, Rebecca. Aww.